good evening. Good to see everyone out this evening. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to worship and to praise you this evening. We ask for your presence to be in our presence. Lord, we ask that you would speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, just give us exactly what we need to hear to help us get through the week and just uh, I look forward to Sunday. And Lord, again, thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's turn to page, uh, page 512. Page 512. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Amen. page 478 
can have that assurance tonight that it is well with our soul. Amen. Uh, let's have some fellowship tonight. I do appreciate you being here this evening. Looking forward to what the Lord has for us. I uh, hope that you've had a good week thus far. How many got out this morning and braved the roads? Uh, yeah, a couple of you. It uh, it was slick. I had to take Lizzie's been sick, so I had to take Faith into school today. And my wife called me. She says, "Be careful. It's slick." And I'm like, "Come on, it's not that bad out." And uh, sure enough, I was doing a little bit of slipping and sliding. So. Uh, I was uh, I was careful after I passed the first guy going real slow. I'm like, what in the world is people's problem? And uh, then I I realized real quick that I was the idiot. And uh, but uh, anyways, I I, uh, I hope that everybody was safe. Uh, my wife said she was in she was real close to being in the fender bender, and a guy behind her was honking her horn at her, and like it was her fault. And uh, so. Uh, he whipped around her and sped off. Well, she goes down the road and he's in an accident. So she said, I wanted to honk my horn at him and say, but she said, I didn't. So I was so proud of her. But anyways, uh, it's good to be in the Lord's house this evening. We're going to be in the book of Philippians, going to continue uh, here in the book of Philippians, chapter number 2. We're going to look at three verses, uh, chapter number 2. I guess uh, uh, four verses, eight, nine, ten, yeah, four verses. Uh, but uh, verse eight, it says, And being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of the things in heaven and the things in earth and the things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, to worship and to praise you. Lord, to just get away from uh, the midweek and just uh, come into a nice warm building and sheltered. And Lord, that we can come and worship you and uh, just lift up our praise and uh, our testimony to you. Lord, just... Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for keeping us safe. And as we drove in this mor uh, 
Uh, we were driving this morning and then this evening, and Lord, I pray that you would just be with our services tonight. Lord, I ask that your presence would be in our presence, that, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts as only you can, and uh, we'll not fail to thank you and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, the name of Jesus Christ is the most honored name, uh, the most honored, but it's also the most hated name. You know, um, it, people don't mind if you mention God because uh, they can interpret God to whoever or whatever they want Him to be or it to be. But um, um, those who accept Him as Jesus Christ, as to be their Lord and Savior, they find out that He's much more than what they expected Him to be. He's not just our Lord, but He's our Savior. He's our protector. He's our provider. Uh, he's our friend, and He's uh, our guide, and He's so much more. But those who, uh, those who reject uh, Him as Lord, well, one day, uh, even though they reject Him now, one day they will kneel uh, at the foot of our Lord and Savior and confess that He is Lord. I mean, it's coming, it's coming a day. You know, those who love their sin too much to let Him into their lives end up rejecting and cursing the name that is above all names. In John chapter 3, verse 19, it says this, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. See, in our lesson tonight, we're going to focus on why uh, His name is so important. Why it deserves our attention, our love, and our adoration. When we associate ourselves with, uh, uh, as lowly sinners uh, with the Son of God, it is both a privilege and a responsibility. We bear His name and we must live according to His name as uh, they uh, were first called Christians in Antioch because they acted. They were like Christ. They were little Christians. And the Bible says this in 2 Timothy 2.19. It says, Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Uh, listen, as we are Christians, we're to live differently than what we used to. Uh, we're to talk differently. We're to, uh, we're to look differently. I mean, everything about us should be different because we're a new creature. And uh, when we identify with Christ, we must uh, incorporate a new conduct. And uh, we should not even know. Uh, we should not even. Uh, we should not even know God, less love God. But aren't you glad that God made the first step in His love towards us? The Bible says in First John four nine. It says, "In this was manifest the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that." We might live through Him. Here in His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. 1 John 4, 19, we love Him because He first loved us. Aren't you thankful that Christ loved us? I'm glad God in His love made the first move. And now we have a chance to show our love back to Him. As Christians, we're not saved because of what we do. We do because we're saved. We should serve Him because we're, we're saved. We should uh, show our love to Him because we're saved, not in order to be saved, but because we love Him and because we want to prove our love to Him. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.15, And that He died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto Him which died for them and rose again. I love that hymn, and there is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ears, the sweetest name on earth. And it goes on to say, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. Aren't you thankful that he first loved us? Tonight we're going to look at three characteristics of the name of Jesus Christ. Number one... I want you to know the, notice the, the solidity of his name, the solidity of his name. His name is no ordinary name, for it identifies no ordinary person. God the Father gave his, his son 
this extraordinary name because he is the savior of all mankind. In Matthew 1.19 it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for, thou which, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save their, his people from their sins. There is only one Savior. And Jesus Christ alone bears that name, that title, and all must come through Him and uh, to the Father in heaven. There's no other way. The Bible says, Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby ye must be saved. John uh, or Isaiah 43, 11 says, I, even I, am the Lord. Beside me there is no Savior. 1 Corinthians 3, 11, For our foundation can no man lay, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He's our foundation. Notice his submission. Look there in our text in verse, uh, verse 8. It says, And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself. Submission. He's our ultimate example of submission, of, of humility. Because you and I have, have never been to heaven, we, must, we, we don't have any idea what the Lord left. But can I tell you, I've read about what heaven's going to be like, and I can only imagine what it's going to be like. I, wouldn't, I don't understand why he would leave the port of the glory to come down and die for my sin. But he loved me, and he did. 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though, uh, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Uh, we should hear a lot of Baptists saying amen right there. You know, one day, one day, you know, we won't have to worry about our worn old clothes or all the uh, the things that we just, uh, worn out car, Brother Sean's fixing a car every week, probably every day of every week. And we won't have to worry about those things, you know, because uh, we'll be made rich in heaven and looking forward to that. Now think about it for a moment. He was God, yet he was born in a stable, laid in a manger. Of course, we just had our back to Bethlehem and done a, I think we portrayed the example there so uh, well, but... While he lived, he had no place to call home, no place to pillow his head. When he died, he was hung on a cross between two thieves. And when he was buried, they put him in a borrowed tomb. What submission, what hum humility he portrayed there. Isaiah describes it, uh, describes it this way in Isaiah 53, 1. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He that hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And he hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Notice his submission. He, he was submit, submitted to the God the Father. But then I want you to notice his, his surrender. His surrender. Look there in the latter part there. It says, and became obedient unto death. And obedient unto death. Obeying is one thing. But when it requires obedience unto death, that's another thing. You know, I, I started thinking about this when I was preparing this. Would I, if someone were to come in here and stick a gun to my head, and would I... Name the name of Jesus, would I deny it? What an example of his surrender that he obeyed even the death of the cross. There, there had to be a blood sacrifice and a perfect sacrifice, and Jesus Christ was that only sacrifice. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Uh, without a substitute, as he being our propitiation, without him being there, dying in our place, we would die and spend eternity in hell. I'm thankful for his surrender. The Bible says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
Aren't you thankful for his surrender tonight? He surrendered even unto the cross. What an amazing thing that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. You know, for our sakes, Jesus Christ willingly surrendered to the will of God the Father in order to provide the only way of escape for us. He died for our sins. In Luke chapter 22, it says this, even going beyond his own will, he says this, And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou wilt be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He was more loyal to his father than he was to his own will, his own desires, his own comfort, his own life. What an example of surrender. Truly, he lived what he said, I do always those things that please him. Please him. Then I want you to notice the sacrifice. Look there at the last part of Philippians 2.8. It says, even the death of the cross. While I have no experience uh, to back up this thought, but I would assume that some ways of dying are a little bit better than other ways. I just assume that. Uh, obviously, to die in one sleep is probably the way all of us would like to go, just to, or for the rapture to come. That would be the way we'd like to go, but there's some that suffer in, in agony with cancer or whatever the case may be, and, and I, just, I just think some ways are... But you think about the death of the cross, what agony, what pain that he went through, the, the, uh, you know, the scourging and all that he went through. No death could be more excruciating and suffering than the death on the cross. You see, you can't humanly describe it. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, 4, it says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, and yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. No passage, I believe, is more descriptive than that right there. Just telling what the Lord went through for, for us. The sacrifice that he went through. Why would Christ do all this for us? He answers the question in John 10, 11. Notice what he says. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He giveth his life for us. He loves us that much. I, I you know, I, I was thinking um, about back to Bethlehem that when this was all coming up. And I remember Brother Seth was talking out there and he says, I've got four boys, I think he said and, he said, I, I got four boys, and I just don't know if I could give up my boys for you. I got to think about it. I don't know if I could do that. I could give up. I could probably, No, I couldn't give up my girls. As mean and honor as they can be at times, I, I couldn't give them up. And you think about it, you couldn't give your kids up either, but that's the love God had for us. Man, that's... A name that is above all names. But then I want you to notice number two, the splendor of his name. There is no higher, uh, higher name than that which God gave our Lord and Savior. Proverbs 29 verse 26 says, Many, <clears throat> many seek the ruler's favor, but every man's judgment cometh from the Lord. Jesus Christ is not magnifying himself here. This is God the Father giving him a name that is exalted above all other names. Can you imagine standing on the banks of the Jordan River, watching John the Baptist as he's baptizing? He says there in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, he says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. 
And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. God the Father was pleased by the willingness of His Son to become the Savior of the fallen man. Because of His obedience to the Father's will, it was established in all things He might have the preeminence. He is Lord of lords. He is King of kings. God exalts His name. It's an honorary title. Philippians, look there in verse 9. It says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. From birth his name is honored above all. There in Isaiah 9, 6 it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. When he comes again, his name will be reestablished in honor. The Bible says, and he hath a, hath a vesture uh, uh, on, his, on his thigh and a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. No other name can be compared to, to this name. No name is worthy of the worship that is due to his name. Isaiah 42, 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. What a challenge it is for us to give honor and praise to His name. The Bible says in Psalm 113, I love this psalm. Brother Duke says all the psalms, that he, he says, I think this is my favorite psalm. But this is, this is one of my favorites. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord for this time forth and forevermore. For the, from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. We're to praise His name, folks. It's, a, it's a, the splendor of His name. Let me ask you, have you praised Him today? Do you honor His name what a disgrace it is for so many that curse his name. I mean, it just gives me, it makes me fighting mad when I hear people curse his name. You know, it's a disgrace. God has given his, him an honorary title, and we should treat it, his name reverently. But then I want you to notice the humble tribute. Look there in verse 10. It says that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of the things in heaven and the things in earth and the things under the earth. You know, we all have an appointment. There's an appointment that even... I was going to say someone, but... Uh, even if you're late to every other appointment, you won't be late to this one. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, a judgment. We all have an appointment date. You're not going to miss it. You're going to be there right on time. The saved will meet him at the judgment seat of Christ. Now listen, I want you to understand something about the judgment seat of Christ. This is for Christians. And if we understand that, see our sins were forgiven, were judged at Calvary. So this is not going to be a judgment on upon our sins. That was already taken care of years and years ago when Jesus Christ died on Calvary. But Notice this, it says, it says there in uh, um, Revel, or I'm sorry, Romans chapter 14, verse 10, it says, But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. This is not... Again, this judgment seat of Christ is not for our sins, but the reasons why we did our motives, our intents, why we did what we did. See, the lost will meet the Lord at the great white throne judgment. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw all the dead, small and great, stand before God. But can I tell you, one day, every person, even Satan, will bow down and confess that he is Lord. 
See, we can choose to reject or accept Christ. We can choose to obey or disobey Him. We can choose to live in sin or live righteously. But no matter what we choose, we will stand at the judgment of God and give an account. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 11.9, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. What a humbling thought it is to realize that one day, in spite of what we have accomplished or attained in life, we will all bow down our knee before a holy, righteous God and recognize Him for who He is and what He has done in our lives. We may feel in control now and be able to manipulate situations in life to our advantage, but listen, there's coming a day. There's coming a day. And I want that day. Listen, I'm okay to bow down right now and proclaim that He is Lord. Then I want you to notice thirdly the significance of His name. The last thing here. I remember as a kid, we often played hide and seek. We called it seek and destroy because it just sounded a little bit more mature. But the porch was always base. We'd go out in the front yard, we'd go play, and we considered it safe. One of us would be designated as it. And uh, we would have to close our eye, our eyes, whichever you, however. If you were playing with my wife, my wife would have closed both eyes. She's just, that's just the way she is. I opened one eye and went. And it all depended who was counting. Some people counted, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine. And how many did that when they were a kid? Come on. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we count as fast as we can. You know, I do. I'd go one, two, skip a few, a hundred, and then I'd take off. But we'd say this, you know, once we got done counting, what would we say? Ready or not, here we come. And some people, they counted like my wife. She would do one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three. She'd count right. That's just the way she is. No cheating. You, you don't cheat in games. I'm like, if you're not cheating, you're not winning. And... uh no, I'm just kidding. But she, she would count right. But Now me, I'd be on the other hand. I'd be counting as fast as I can. But you know, Christ is coming. We don't know if it's going to be today, in this next hour, or maybe 10 years from now. But can I tell you, ready or not, He's coming. He's coming. We better be ready. You know, I was talking to someone this last week, went and had lunch with a man this last week, and he's telling me about, he said, I just don't have the compassion for lost people like I should. It kind of broke my heart because I said, you know, I said, if we would just, I said, I wish if I had the power, I would swing every person over hell just to see, just to see the torment, to hear the cries if we could get a vision of something like someone dying and going and spending eternity in hell, I think it would change our lives. It'd change the way we witness. It'd change the way we talk to people. It'd change our attitudes about things if we would just realize what hell is really about. Folks, I don't want my... I, I told him, I said, I don't want my enemy to die and go to hell. Why? Because it's a place of torment and a place where the worm dieth not. The fire's never quenched the significance of his name. See, it's universal. The Bible says here that every tongue, every tongue, it doesn't matter. It's universal. It doesn't matter if it's if you're in Africa or if you're an American or whatever you are or whoever you are, every tongue will confess. Have you ever heard one, someone say, there are no exceptions to everything? Well, most people, when they come to something unpleasant, they think they are the exception to the rule. When it comes to God's judgment, there are those that think they will somehow slip in or get one past God. Folks, it ain't going to happen. He's righteous. Sometimes they think, some folks think, well, maybe God will wink at my sin. No. No, it's not, that's not how 
the Lord works. In Ezekiel 7, 3, it says, Now is the end come unto thee, and I will send mine anger upon thee, and will judge thee according to thy ways, and will recompense unto thee all thine abominations. And my eye shall not spare thee, neither will I have pity, but I will recompense thy ways upon thee, and thine abominations shall be in the midst of thee, and ye shall know that I am the Lord." Sometimes we have this thought that God is a loving God and He would never send anyone to hell. I say, you're right. But because you've rejected, I say that you've sent yourself to hell. Abraham Lincoln once stated, My great concern is not whether God is on our side. My great concern is to be on God's side. Today, people use the name of Jesus as a curse word. They laugh and mock His name just as those who nailed Him on the cross so many years ago. And continue, and He continues to love and longs to save those. The Bible says, For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. No one will escape. No one will deceive. No one will bribe their way in. It doesn't matter how much money you have. No matter how popular you are, this judgment will be thorough, just, and righteous. All that excuse, blame, do the blame shifting and, and rationalizing their sins will be, uh, be sifted and the truth will be made known from the housetop. Malachi 3.2 says, But who may abide the day of His coming? And who shall stand when He appeareth? For He is like a refiner's fire. Think about it. Just you and God. Face to face. Eyeball to eyeball. Let me ask you, are you ready? Not only is it universal, but it's unanimous. Look there in verse 11. It says, Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Do you acknowledge Jesus as Lord? Is He the Lord of your life? Those who crucified Him had no intention of calling Him Lord, but there's coming a day that they will too. The Bible says in Acts 2.36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. This time of relative truth. Man wants to think that he can declare anything to be truth and right. Plural, pluralism is worship uh, of many gods. And it's as common in America as it is in any other country. 1 Corinthians 8, 6 says, But to us there is but one God... The Father of whom all things, and we, we in Him, and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom are all things, and we by Him. But then I want you to notice the last thing. It's untarnished. Look there in verse 11. It says, To the glory of God the Father. Sometimes in life someone gives, receives glory that isn't due them. I'm sure we have all had bosses or You've done all the work, and they get the glory. They receive it well, too. They're all happy about it. See, as a, as a result, there is resentment and anger and bitterness towards that individual sometimes who claims the credit, but they really don't deserve it. When one, one day every tongue confesses that Jesus is Lord, it will be an honest and untarnished Exaltation. First Peter 4.11 says that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom be praised and dominion forever and ever. Satan has always tried to tarnish the glory of God. He lost his place as an angel there in the book of uh, Isaiah. We can read about it. It says, Isaiah 14, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou... Cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations. 
For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. For all these centuries, Satan has been still in glory. From God and setting up himself as and place place his self in the minds of people as sadly many go through life worshiping something or someone other than God. Some it's their money, some it's their fame, some it's their selves. But one day every knee will bow. Those in heaven, those in earth, and even those like Satan who are under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Apostle John got a little peek of heaven when he says this, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and praise, for Thou hast created all things. For Thy pleasure they are and were created. In conclusion, don't wait for the judgment to acknowledge that He is Lord and Savior. It's easier to ignore the sermon and wait for the sign. But when the siren sounds for the judgment, it will be too late to change your mind. Too late. God has been good to you. Whether you believe it or not, God has been good to us. And He deserves to praise His name. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. The name of Jesus. A name that is exalted above other, any other name. Tonight as we go into an invitation time, I want to just encourage you to praise His name, to exalt Him, to give Him glory and praise and honor for which He deserves, for all that He's done. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I don't even know for sure that I'm saved. Anyone like that? I never take it for granted. I believe we're all home folk, but maybe once you think as you're as you're sitting there, think to yourself, when's the last time you exalted his name? When's the last time you praised his name for what he's done? Maybe it's time just to say thank you, Jesus, for my salvation. Thank you for just giving me this breath of air. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for my family. Because, you know, glory is due where glory is due is to the Lord. He deserves all glory and honor. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, to do thank you again for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, I thank you for all that you do for our lives. Lord, I thank you for the trials as well as the victories. Lord, I thank you for the valleys as well as the mountaintops. And Lord, I ask tonight, Lord, that we give you praise that you so deserve. Lord, we can't really do it uh, uh, any justice. We, can, we really can't. We don't have enough words to say to proclaim that you are Lord and you, you are God. Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, that we would just take time and, and exalt you tonight. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do in our lives. Thank you for how you work. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. Altar's always open, but if you'd like to do business with the Lord, maybe thank Him for something or just whatever the case, you just be obedient to the Lord. Every tongue confess that He is Lord. prayer do want to uh, a lot of people were asking about brother tim's dad they were praying for him uh the surgery went real well he was able to go home the next day and uh he's doing doing great brother tim said so just continue to remember him as he recovers and uh um, 
Just so that's Brother Tim Watson's dad. Uh, someone else have a prayer request or yes, Miss Suzanne. Okay, pray for Brother Greg not feeling well, and uh, so you pray for him. Pray for Lizzie; she's uh, a little under the weather as well. Anybody else? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for the opportunity we have to worship and praise you. Thank you for this privilege that we can pray and lift our petitions knowing that you hear us. Lord, that, uh, Lord, that my sins are forgiven. I ask, Lord, that, you would, uh, Lord, that you'd forgive me for where I failed you uh, in attitude and in action. Lord, I pray that you would just, uh, Lord, that you would hear these prayer requests. Lord, I pray that uh, uh, for Brother Greg's not feeling well. Lord, I pray that you would just raise him up as he's uh, not feeling the greatest. Lord, I pray for Lizzie as well. Lord, I pray that you would be with, uh, continue being with Brother Tim's dad and as he's uh, um, recovering from his surgery. Lord, also for uh, my friend Brother Leroy found out his dad um, has got a... Um, a blockage on his heart, and Lord, I pray that you would uh, just be with him as they have chosen just to uh, let him uh, live out the rest of his days, and Lord, I pray that you would comfort the family and, and let him know that you're, uh, that you're good to him, and Lord, I pray that you would be with our church, help us to uh, be a church that is a friendly church and a, a church of prayer and a church that, that loves you and worships you. Lord, I pray that you would just guide and direct in our lives, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we're going to go ahead. The offering plates are up here. If you'd like to uh, participate in that, you can as you're walking out. Uh, but I do appreciate you being here. Let's all stand. We'll close some word of prayer. Uh, let me give you a couple announcements I think that are maybe pertinent. Uh, okay, the teen activity this coming Friday. Uh, we're going to leave the church at uh, 5 o'clock. So if you're going on the teen trip... It's uh, this Friday we're going snow tubing. And then this coming Sunday evening we're going to be having our teen service. And so everything that comes in will go to the teens uh, that evening that's not designated as tithes or uh, missions. Uh, so that goes to that. And then the following, this following Saturday, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday will be our prayer breakfast. So make sure you make plans for that. All right. Yes. Yes, thank you for reminding me. March the 3rd, we're going to have a baby shower for uh, Miss Evelyn and Brother Adam. And so you, uh, they're, they're registered at Walmart. And so if you'd like to participate in that, that's also our prayer breakfast day. So we thought that'd be the best day to do that. So that's March the 3rd. All right. All right, let's close in a word of prayer. Brother Travis, sir, would you close this? Thank you again for all that you do in our lives. These things we ask in your precious name.